Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey guys, how are you today? I pray that all is well and that this message reaches you in the best of spirits, health, and good energy. I pray that this message stirs your faith today. We're going to get into it, guys, today. So buckle up, sit tight, because we about to dig into this thing that has just been bothering me for some time now. And I was having private conversations with the Lord about it. And the Lord said, well, you going to teach about it this week? And I was like, mm, okay, Lord, well, you know, brace the people now so that they can listen to what I got to say. Today's message is called Caught in the Crossfires. The road of discipleship and this is going to be a two-part series um or however long god's want, god wants it to be but today's message is caught in the crossfires the road of discipleship and i'm speaking in particularly about this whole cancel culture in the church and how that is not of god's kingdom and the way the road really is supposed to be walked. So before we get any further, let me pray. Spirit of living God, we come to you right now. I just want to say thank you for allowing us this opportunity to fellowship, to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. May we receive exactly what we need to hear in this message father god may you get the glory honor and praise heavenly father if there's anything that is in us that is not like you burn it out of us lord refine us so that we may look smell like you and be light and salt in the earth being the people you have always created us to be one body one church this i pray in jesus name amen all right guys so about this message of um, caught in the crossfires, the road of discipleship. Um, I actually was talking to God about it for some time now because before I actually started this podcast, God had um, taken me on a journey within the Jewel Wilderness season. And during that journey was a season of consecration to the Lord, um, which meant I was off of social media, I want to say for about two and a half years completely off of social media no instagram no facebook no no whatever okay i was completely off of social media heck i think during that time tiktok came out and i was like what is that when <laughs> i came back recently but you know i i was completely off and god allowed me in that moment to really just consecrate myself to him and to really just hear what the spirit of the lord was saying and to learn and glean from him and as I went through that journey, I remember, uh, especially during COVID, hearing a lot of just stories about other people in the ministry. And even though I was off of social media, that, was, that didn't mean that I, was, I wasn't around other church folk, okay? So I was just hearing these stories, though, about so many people in the body of Christ 
that were being persecuted, so many people in the body of Christ that were being canceled, so many people in the body of Christ that were just being basically thrown away. And I remember as I was listening to another story of, you know, somebody in the church, a pastor or somebody that, um, you know, um, made a mistake or messed up on something or may have said something that people didn't agree with and they just wanted to cancel not only this person's career but just their life and their livelihood it was like no like you you did the ultimate crime so you should die for it basically it was just like you know kill the beast kill the beast like beauty and the beast and it's like are y'all serious right now <clears throat> i mean i know that the culture of you know society that's their thing but that should not be the thing in the body of christ because none of us are perfect we all fall short of god's glory all of us the bible says it there is not one perfect person in this world i don't care how highly you think of yourself you are not perfect so how dare you be uttering out of your mouth to cancel somebody else just because they voted in a way that you didn't want them to vote or they supported somebody you didn't think they should support or they watched a movie or a TV show or listened to a song or uh, befriended somebody who you felt like they shouldn't befriend. You sound like a Pharisee, baby. Go and read the Bible. Read Jesus' stories throughout the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you will find out who the Pharisees were. They were people who were brought up in religious systems. They were Jewish leaders and rabbis and sages who um, were taught the law. They could recite it front and back, but they didn't live it. They kept people to these high standards that even the people couldn't live up to. And yet, the minute that the people fell, there were the Pharisees pointing out exactly what they did wrong. There were the Pharisees saying, cancel, cancel that person, stone them to death, throw them away, throw them in jail, crucify them. How dare you mess up? How dare you say something wrong? How dare you fall short of God's glory? And some of them were the same way. It actually makes me think of a story in the Bible where uh, the Pharisees bring up uh, and it's a whole group of them bring up this woman who's committed um, adultery, supposedly. They bring her up to Jesus and they want Jesus to, um, you know, deal with her. Like, how, how should we handle her? You know, they wanted to challenge Jesus to see if he would go with that eye for an eye type of mentality that God first gave the Israelites back when he gave Moses the Ten Commandments. About, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Somebody does you wrong. It's written on the Leviticus. Go read the Bible. <laughs> but, you know, if somebody do you wrong, you could do them wrong in the same exact way. And so they were expecting that Jesus was going to say the same thing. And instead what Jesus does, it says, he who has not sinned, cast the first stone. And do you know what? Slowly and surely, every person accusing that woman started to walk away. And Jesus gets up and he's like... Uh, ayo, ayo, sis, where about I go? <laughs> and he's like, um, she's like, I, I don't know, you know. And Jesus is like, right, I, they didn't um accuse you, so I'm not gonna accuse you either. But go and sin no more. It wasn't that God didn't know her sin. It was that I have forgiven you of your sin, and I don't need to blast 
blaspheme you out here or blast you out here in front of everybody and make you feel already worse than you already feel because of your sin. Sin already brings shame and guilt and condemnation anyway. So God doesn't hold us to that. That's why he says when you repent, when you turn and, and you confess your sins to him, he forgets them, forgives and forgets them no more. That means that he doesn't bring it back up. He's not like people where he's like, mm, child, remember what you did in 1987, girl? Oh, remember I saw you in the corner of 1990? No, baby. That's not Jesus. That is not God. God is not going to point out every wrong mistake you've done when you repent of your sins. Say, Father God, I know I've sinned. I know I've fallen short of your glory. You know, Jesus even gives a, a parable about two different people. One was a, a Pharisee, a holy man who was standing in the temple and he lifts his head up to the Lord and he talks about all his accomplishments and how great he is. And then here comes a man who sinned and he can't even lift his head up. He just bows his head in a silent prayer, beating his chest, saying, Father God, forgive me. I know I'm a horrible man. I've done this and I've done that. I, I'm not even worthy of your forgiveness, but please forgive me. And the Lord asked them, who do you think God forgave more? God forgave the one that was humble enough to be honest and say that he fell short of God's glory. Then the one that wants to pump his chest and say he ain't did nothing wrong. He perfect. God shuns that type of behavior. And so for those that are in the church body of Christ, those that identify yourselves as a Christian or a follower of Yeshua, you need to check yourself if you're one of those people who have a Pharisee spirit that is judging other people, wanting to cancel other people because they don't do things in the way you want them to do or they don't vote in the way you want them to vote. Or they don't stand for the same things that you want to stand for. Jesus did not come to start a religion. He came to rebel against the religious systems because he understood that sick people need a doctor. Healthy people don't. Those who think that they are wise, those who think that they haven't sinned, then they're not the ones he's for. But he's for the ones that knows, Father, I have sinned. I have fallen short of your glory. I made a mistake. And he says, mm -hmm, yep, that's the one I want to use. That's the one I want because they understand the role of discipleship is about humility. It's about understanding that you are going to make mistakes. But in making mistakes, you then not only receive grace from God when you repent, but then you're able to extend grace to others who fall short of God's glory as well. He who has not sinned cast the first stone. You're not likely to cast stones or to judge others when you recognize your own sin. When you're able to admit, you know what? I got an anger problem, yup. So let me not judge that person for cussing that person out. You know what? I can be violent. Maybe not with my hands or with my words. So let me not judge that person that was violent with their hands. You know what? I can be a little gossipy and chattery. So let me not be that upset with somebody who talked about me. When I know I do the same thing. I mean, come on, guys. Like I say with this podcast, it's about being accountable. We have got to be accountable for us. Stop pointing the finger outward and start pointing that finger inward. And start being accountable for you and your actions. Because at the end of your days, 
when your number is up, as they say, when you die, God's not going to ask you what somebody else did to you, what somebody else said about you, how somebody else treated you. No, he's going to ask you to be accountable for you. What did you do with the time he gave you? What were the words you used and why you used them? You will have to be accountable for you, not everybody else. So what should we do? We should be extending grace and mercy to others and we should be extending forgiveness this is the road of discipleship it's understanding that you are no different than anybody else you can easily get caught in the crossfires just like somebody else and the same way you will want somebody to extend grace to you the same way you want somebody to have your back the same way you want somebody to still support you or love you through the storms is the same way you should be to others do unto others as you would have them do unto you is what Jesus says is the golden rule in Matthew 7. You know, one of the things that I, I as I was studying and, and just trying to prepare for this word, um, God started to point out to me, or rather we were having a conversation about it. And I was just pointing out how so many people are ready to cancel somebody today for a mistake that they make or something that they said that maybe went against culture or um, people didn't agree with or whatever. Or maybe they just made a mistake even in saying, because sometimes you can have a 40 and slip. You may have said something you didn't even mean to say. And before you can retract that statement, somebody's already quoting you and running with the story. And and so what, what God showed me was, Throughout the entire Bible, there are stories of people who fell short of God's glory. Some of those same people today that many in the church, many believers love and adore. You love to talk about it. You love to listen to the story. You love to tell your children and your grandchildren the stories. You love to live by the principles. Let it be your mantra or your motto each and every day of how these people live. But you miss the parts of when they fell short of God's glory. Oh, everybody loves King David. A lot of people want to say that they're Davids. They're the number eight. They're the ones. But did you remember when David had an adulterous affair with a married woman named Bathsheba? And then, to add insult to injury, David had her husband, Uzziah, killed. Is it Uzziah or Uriah? It's one of them, child. <laughs> um, you know, he had Uriah. Excuse me. It's Uriah the Hittite. Uh, and it's in 2 Samuel 11. Not only did David have an affair with her, child, the girl got pregnant. And then she goes to David and says, hey, king, I'm pregnant. And he's like, oh, uh, let me go get your husband. <laughs> Why did they get her husband before? Before you slept with her. But he goes and gets her husband and then tries to force the husband to go sleep with her. Therefore, because they didn't have DNA evidence back then. So it would seem like, oh, voila, she pregnant by you, boo. <laughs> and it was like, no, nah, she pregnant by the king. <laughs> and, and God did not allow Uriah to go and sleep with his wife. He gave him a convicting spirit that says, if my brothers are out there fighting on the front line, and they can't sleep with their wives. Why would I go sleep with mine? And so sadly what David does is he has Uriah killed in battle. Makes sure that he goes to the front line to fight so that he can be killed and destroyed. And then goes and marries Bathsheba. 
tries to right his wrong. See, a lot of people talk about how he defeats Goliath and, and how he um, avoids um, near-death experiences with Saul. But you miss the parts where David fell short of God's glory, where David made a mistake. If David was out today, we would be canceling him. But because it was back then when there was no cancel culture, his story, his testimony has stirred countless faith and lives today. Talking about David and Bathsheba, they also had a son named Solomon. Now, Solomon is considered the wisest man ever, the wisest king ever to walk the land. And yet, of course, outside of Jesus, but and yet Solomon sinned. It says in 1 Kings 11 how Solomon had many wives because he loved foreign women. And these were the same foreign women that the Lord told Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their false gods. And yet Solomon insist, insisted on loving them anyway. Child, Solomon had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And exactly what happened is what the Lord said was going to happen, which is that Solomon sinned because of all the wives he had, they turned his heart against God. And so he started to raise up altars and things so that his wives could worship their false idols, their false gods. And even though God continued to try to get wisdom and insight to Solomon so that he can repent and change his wicked ways, Solomon did not listen. And it became Solomon's downfall. Now again, if Solomon was here today doing that same thing, we would cancel him. But because it happened at a time where there was no cancel culture, his story, his testimony, his wisdom throughout the Bible and Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, people use today. To stir your faith, to keep you encouraged, to give you wisdom and insight on how to operate on your day-to-day -day lives. Heck, Proverbs 9, 8, one of, my, one of a good one that I like says, So don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. But correct the wise and they will love you. In this moment, I'm correcting the wise. Those that want to stay mockers, those that are really in the world... And we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. But those that are in the world and of the world, I'm not talking to you, baby. Because you're not going to receive this wisdom anyway. <laughs> but I'm talking to the ones that are, that's going to receive wisdom. That's going to love this correction and take a reflective look at themselves and their heart posture and say, you know what? Do I do that? Am I extending grace to people? Maybe I should be a little bit more accountable of the words I use. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And since I don't want anybody speaking death over me, let me not speak death over other people. It says in Romans um, 12 verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. And that's the Amplified Version. It's understanding that, again, though we are in this world, we are not supposed to be of this world. 
once you say that you love Jesus, you follow Jesus, or even if you are a new believer and you're just seeking to establish a relationship with him, that means that you are being transformed. So the old you that was in the world, living of the world, talking like the world, being like the world, thinking like the world is becoming dead. You're dying to that old fleshly way. And you're starting to take up the ways of kingdom, the ways that God says, extend grace and mercy. Do not throw stones if you have not sinned. To love your neighbor as yourself. Another person of faith that will have been canceled today, that was caught in the crossfires on their own role of discipleship, was a man that we all know named Peter. Peter did a lot of things. A lot of people think Peter cussed. <laughs> they call him the cussing disciple. Because Peter was, you know, he's ratchet. Peter had a little rough side to him, okay? You know, as soon as they came to take Jesus, even though Jesus warned them he had to be crucified. Peter was like, oh, nah, bro. Let me get my sword and chop your ear off. <laughs> and Jesus was like, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you got to laugh sometimes, baby. But Jesus is like, what you doing? I didn't tell you to do that. If I wanted a war, I could send angels from heaven down. I don't want you to do that. So he takes the man's ear and puts it back on. And Peter was like, well, I thought it was time to go to war. And then there comes a time a little later on as, as Jesus is um, being prosecuted by uh, Pontius Pilate. And... Peter denies Jesus three times. And it's the same man that's ready to go to war. He ride die, baby. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he like, oh, I don't know who that brother is. Nah, mm -mm, sorry. I ain't never met him before in my life. Mm -mm, I don't know him. <laughs> and so, but Jesus already told him that that was going to happen. And so sure enough, doggone it, he um, denies Jesus three times. He runs away weeping once he realizes that Jesus' words come to fruition. And then the beauty in it is that Jesus didn't let him stay there. He didn't cancel him. He could have easily done that. Jesus could have easily said, you know what? You're going to deny me. I already know it before I call you my disciple. So I'm not even going to call you my disciple. I'm going to cancel you. Or, okay, I'll let you walk with me just to see, just to try to fix it so that you don't do it. But then you cancel, then you um, deny me. Oh, yeah, you cancel. Mm-mm, bruh. Nope, you can't come back to the church. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus actually went and got Peter himself, as we read about in John 21. And Jesus restores Peter. Three times, Jesus restored him. And Peter didn't understand that time because some time had went by. Jesus had been crucified. And so this is his resurrection. They're seeing Jesus resurrected. And so Jesus restores him and says, you know, do you love me? And Peter says, you know, I love you. And then Jesus says, feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. He was basically reiterating to Peter what he already told Peter in the beginning, which was that I was going to make you fishers of men. That upon you, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Hell wanted to prevail in that moment when Peter denied Jesus. But Jesus said the gates of hell is not going to prevail. I'm going to restore you. 
That's part of the road of discipleship. Yes, there are going to be moments where you're going to be caught in the crossfires. Yes, there are going to be moments where you're going to believe or say things or do things that's contradictory to culture and society. But you got to stand tall in your faith and have strength to say, I'm in good standing with the Father. And that's all that matters. And if I mess up and I fall short of God's glory, I can go to the Father and repent. Understanding that people may not forgive you, but that's people. But you don't serve people. You serve God. So understanding that God forgives me and that's all that matters. And since God extended this grace to me to forgive me, I have to forgive others when they fall short. Another person that fell short of God's glory, because I mean, it's, it's from... Genesis to basically Revelation, you get story after story after story of people who God used, but they still fell short of his glory. They still messed up. I mean, the entire Israelite nation messed up time and time again. Yet God still kept his promise that these are my chosen ones. The beauty, though, and because of their mess up is that the Gentiles, we that... um we came that are not naturally born Jews. We got grafted into the faith. So it's amazing because though the, the devil meant it for evil, God still used it for good to save many, many people that weren't born Jews, that weren't born in the Israelite nation. But going back to the very beginning, almost, of the Israelite nation is Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. <laughs> and Abraham lied about his wife twice abraham lied about his wife when he was up against people who he thought was superior than him pharaohs of egypt and so instead of instead of accepting and, and telling the truth that this was his wife sarah at that time she was named sarai he would keep lying and say oh no tell people that you're my sister and this even happened after the Lord gave him a promise that his descendants will be blessed and that he will be birthed from him many nations. And Abraham still fell short of God's glory. And you know what? God did not cancel him. God continued to develop him and use him and extend grace and mercy. We have to do the same thing to other. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And this is in Matthew uh, chapter 7 verse 1 through 2. We have to learn how to love people and give them grace. Because we all fall short of God's glory. It says in Hebrews 11, this is the, as they say, like the hall of fame of faith. It says, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. And these are different people in the Bible that fell short of God's glory and yet God still used them. He didn't cancel them. He still loved them and extended grace in spite of their failures, in spite of their flaws, and in spite of their hangups. God still used them. And now we 
have their faith to go off of, to encourage us, to give us strength to carry on. It continues on in Hebrews 11. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, root with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God has something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. And the reason why I said this particular scripture is because if you're a person who has been persecuted, you've been stoned, you've been judged by people. Baby, you are in right standing with the Father. You're in right standing with the great examples of faith because they went through the same things. But it was by their faith that they persevered through the storm. It was by their faith that God continued to bless them and keep them. They didn't allow what they were going through to wear them down or tear them down or destroy them. They didn't allow what the world was saying or doing to them to transform them into bitter or hardened hearted people they kept their faith they kept their purity in the father they continued to repent even when they made mistakes see one of the reasons why david is considered a man after god's own heart is because even after what he did with bathsheba and and uriah he still went and repented of his sins to the father because he knew he did wrong that's the key, that even when you're caught in the crossfires, even when you fall short of God's glory, even when you do something wrong, don't cancel yourself and don't allow anybody else to cancel you. But go to the Father, repent and seek his forgiveness, receive his grace and peace and walk anew. Not turning to the right or the left, but staying straight on the righteous path that he set before you. This is the road of discipleship. And so I pray that this message stirs somebody's faith and gives you a different perspective on this whole cancel culture and how we as Christians are not to align with that thinking. That is stinking thinking, baby. You need to throw that away. That is not God's kingdom because he does not cancel somebody because they make a mistake. He does not go back on his word. He's not a man that he should lie. It says in Isaiah 55 that his word does not return back to him void. And so we have to trust in the father and what he says about us and not what people say about us. Even when we fall short, even when we make mistakes, because we're going to make them. We are all human. Nobody is immune to making mistakes. Everybody falls short of God's glory. But it's understanding who 
you can turn to because you know whose you are. You belong to the Father, not the world. The world didn't make you. The world can't take you out. The world did not place you where you are. Even if you say, well, I have thousands or millions of followers. The God gave them to you. The world didn't give them to you. They were drawn to you for a reason. Use that platform for good and not for evil. Because God gave you that platform for a reason. It's to produce glory. It's to get something out of you and into the earth. It's for his kingdom, not for your own. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his shalom, give you his peace. I want to thank you for listening to the Agents of Revival podcast. You can find, like, and follow me on Instagram at Andrea G's or at Andrea Griffin Rogers. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's spelled Andrea G's, A-N-D as in dog, R-E-A-G-E-E-S as in Sam, or Andrea Griffin Rogers. A-N-D-R-E-A-G-R-I-F-F as in Frank, I-N as in Nancy, R-O-G-E-R-S as in Sam. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel at Andrea Griffin Rogers. Also, we're just starting this new venture while new opportunities will come help us continue to grow. Your charitable donations and contributions helps keep this podcast going. Here are some ways in which you can give your seed or a given to this ministry. You can click one of the links in the description or you can download either the Cash app or Venmo app. If you download Cash app, you can find me at Andrea G's. That's A-N-D-R-E-A-G-E-E-S. Or if you have the Venmo app, you can find me at Andrea Griffin Rogers. That's A-N-D-R-E-A-G-R-I-F-F-I-N-R-O-G-E-R-S. Thank you for your seeds and contributions. Take care. God bless. And remember that the road of discipleship means to give grace unto others. For we all fall short of God's glory. And it's very easy for any of us to get caught in the crossfires. Take care and God bless.